You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to another broadcast of Diakonia, A Call to Service. Diakonia is the Greek word for service. It's also the root word for deacon. This show is dedicated to talking about how we each have a call to service. It is a show by deacons, but it is not show only for deacons. I'm Deacon Jim Norman, director and vicar for deacons of the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, blessed to serve in that capacity. Joining me, as always, is our Associate Director, Deacon Dave Brinsick. Hi, Dave. How are you? Very well, Jim. I serve at Our Lady of Sorrows on the west side of uh, Chicago um, during the weekends and during the week often. And Deacon Dave? I'm at Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Brookfield and LaGrange Park. And we're delighted to be with you each time on this show, bringing to you those who've committed themselves to service. At times, it will be deacons and wives. At times, it will be others who've discovered God's call to serve and to bring others closer to Jesus and to build the church here in Chicago. We're delighted today to have with us Deacon Adam Danielowitz and his lovely wife, Hello. And Hi, we, Adam. Hi, Annette. We'd like to get to know them both more, and especially their work within their parish community, which I know has been going on for many years. Uh, Deacon Dave will have a number of questions to help us get to know both Adam and Annette better. Welcome, Adam and Annette. Uh, could you tell us a little about yourselves. Uh, how long have you been in your parish? How long have you been married? Your families? Well, I'm the deacon at the... Well, I'm a deacon simply at St. Daniel Prophet Parish. Um, in our family, basically, is there's my wife, of course, uh, along basically with my son, Matthew, and Elizabeth, basically her daughter. We have two grandchildren, basically beautiful boys, basically, that they are. They love pretty much basically playing constantly with their papa. So, and, and I enjoyed that immensely. That's something to look forward to each and every day that I possibly can reach with them. Um, in the parish, basically, again, we, we pretty much basically do a lot of different things, but our primary basically is to deal with our director of our religious education program. And that's pretty much basically our second job, second full-time job, if you will. So, But uh, yeah, we've, we've been basically in the parish uh, actually since 1998. Since 1998. Um, 
Right, 1998. So we came to the parish of Saint Daniel the Prophet. From where? Where did you? Where were you before? What What parish were you in before? We were at Saint Bruno, um, also which is east of uh, Saint Daniel's, and before that, uh, we were at Five Holy Martyrs. Okay. And how how long have you been involved with uh, religious education? Well, I pretty much got into the program. 2007, I believe it was, 2007, yes. And I, again, basically back then, to me, I was just teaching the sixth grade. Um, and I was there basically for, for doing that for four years. And then pretty much I switched into the eighth grade class then for another four years. And, in that and I did the fourth grade, but I before that I was religious education teacher at Five Holy Martyrs for a number of years as well. So you've had your roots in religious edu education for a number of years now. What? Oh, yes, true, why, yes. Why religious ed? Why not something, uh, another another ministry? What is why the draw? Why not something else? You're right. What's the draw well, for Well, we for did you? try starting uh, the, I'm sorry? Well, no, what's the draw for you for religious education? Well, it's, it's primarily the ministry teaching our youth our faith basically that our Lord given is given to us. So that's, this is the primary factor to seeing all kids pretty much basically being in the faith, growing further in the faith. And answering their questions. A lot of them have questions because they don't get to ask them at home because their parents aren't involved in religion and they, this is the only place they can get it. So answering questions that they may have. What are some of the questions uh, that are brought up? Why should we believe? Mm. You know, is it just a rule that, okay, we're Catholic, so we have to believe this? Mm -hmm. And I try to tell them that it's, we believe, we, we've heard these, we've been taught the stories, and it's just something that we, we feel, that we just know is to be true, and we follow it. I was going to ask, how has, over the time that you've been involved religious in religious ed, how has it changed over the years? And how has it maybe challenged you, and how has it rewarded you? So first, let's, how has it changed over the years? Well, it, yeah, that's a very good question. And sure enough, it's happening more and more that you find older children that have not received a reconciliation or the Eucharist, um, and, it's, and, the, and the, they're getting older. They're getting older to to and have not yet received those sacraments. That's a pretty big challenge for us. So you have to basically adjust the program. Then, when when the, when the students haven't received those sacraments, you have to kind of backtrack a little bit in teaching them. We try to have somebody that we can take those students. And for a little portion of the time that they are in class, we have somebody go over their sacraments with them so that they are better prepared. So it doesn't take away from what they're actually learning in their classroom, depending upon their grade, but they get a little extra time with just one-on-one -on -one with a person explaining the sacraments and why they're so important and what they mean to us as, what they, as well as what they'll mean to them. 
Why do you think that is why there's this uh, delay in receiving the sacraments? Is it just families are disconnected or what What do you think? I think that's exactly it. The family, there are so many families that are disconnected from the They just think of it as, okay, I know my child has to make communion and then they wait and then they bring them back for eighth grade for confirmation, but there's nothing in between that to help them get ready for confirmation. A lot of parents, uh, some, some kind of sort of event has taken place in their family lives that has changed their, their uh, Catholic basically or spiritual functioning so therefore unless they, they for example end up getting into a divorce they push back the, the the church if you will aside to maintain their livelihoods and eventually these kids get older that's when they bring them back so they actually can receive the sacrament of confirmation but they need to receive the other two sacraments of reconciliation and communion before they can receive confirmation mm-hmm. go ahead I was going to ask, are there uh, specific approaches that you've taken or that have you uh, become aware of or been successful for you in then reaching out to the children who've had that kind of event happen in their life where they're late to sacraments or really been away from the church for a long period of time? How do you bring them in? Well, that we definitely have to give thanks to the actual parents because at least one, if not both, um, feel very strongly that they need to bring their children up, up to speed, basically in the Catholic faith. So eventually they get and they bring these children to us. The question basically is, again, we need to give them more time. But if, if they're ready for, for confirmation as far as our eighth grade class, Many of them basically don't, they have not been in a religious program. So it needs basically to actually put them back into the seventh grade to find out more basically who our Lord is and to study and prepare basically for reconciliation and the Eucharist in the seventh grade. So we have to keep them back another year for them before they can actually receive confirmation. And through managing the religious ed program, how many volunteers are you managing? Other adults, uh, young adults that may be helping you with the program? Right now, this current year, we have a total of 13 adults, basically, not including myself, to to actually teach and be aides in the classrooms. And how many we students? We have a few people. And how many students? Uh, this year, right now, we're at 130, and we have the Registration open yet for another two weeks. So we expect pretty much basically anywhere from uh, 10 to 15 more additional students. Has there anything that's changed in your training uh, of the volunteers or reaching out to the volunteers or keeping them engaged and inspired, especially over the COVID period? Well, that was the most difficult, Um, but we did do... We did have a physical classes when we could actually do it. I mean, the school was closed for a couple of months, but which we ended up doing the, the Zoom uh, meetings basically with the kids for they can do their class work with the, stu- with the teachers. So it was a little difficult at that time, but uh, we were able to 
Excuse um, us, our dog decided he wanted to join. Yeah, he's got to always be part of us. So, but but yeah, by, by the, the year of COVID, it was quite difficult. You didn't really have the aids that you needed so because again, it was teacher pretty much basically just meeting with the students via the Zoom meeting. So, but when we did have classes and we ended up getting back in February, we ended up basically getting then a couple of our additional aids to help us out. There is the traditional religious ed program, but I, I think I'm aware that you all may do more with your children uh, in religious ed than most programs. Are there other events and activities that you engage the, the children in during oh, the year? The, the second grade class does a retreat as well, where they actually make their own um, unleveled bread. They make their own chalices that are then um, blessed by the priest and they then to help them to learn about communion the unleveled bread um the eighth graders go on a retreat that's usually interesting um and informative and we do we do give that we, we do a christmas party uh the eighth graders do a saint project and they're supposed to dress up as their family favorite saint and do a presentation on it. So we try to keep things interesting. And we also have the Rosary and Benediction that they'll lead um, in, um, I believe it's going to be October 13th um, in the actual church. Um, then we can also basically in the last week of Holy Week, they'll end up doing and leading us basically in the Stations of the Cross. For the retreats, uh, do you both lead the retreats or is it the the pastor, or how, how does that work? The second grade retreat, the teacher leads it. Um, I'm there as a backup. The eighth grade retreat, my husband runs it. Um, Mr. Norman has been there with us and helped us out. Other deacons have shown up. Um, so he could tell you more yeah. about that one. Deacon Bob Montalago is also part of the retreat package that we do for our eighth graders. So we actually give them a little bit of informative information, giving them some examples. Uh, we also end up trying to do um, a couple of games basically for them to actually coordinate with one another, um, which basically is also quite fun. So you get to see them laugh, enjoy basically their company. So it is quite nice. Sounds great. Well, I think we're going to take a break right now. Uh, we'll be back shortly with Deacon Adam Danielitz and his wife, Annette, talking about religious education.
Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders, teach, Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day, knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Diaconia. I'm Deacon James Norman. I'm here with Deacon Dave Brinsick, and we have the honor of being here today with Deacon Adam Danielowitz and his beautiful wife, Annette. Uh, they lead the religious education program at St. Daniel the Prophet on the southwest side of Chicago. I wanted to ask, over, you've been involved in religious education since 1998 and leading at St. Daniel's since about 2007. What have been the highlights for each of you over that time period? And maybe we'll start with Annette. Highlights for you. And as, highlights. Yeah. I think the highlights are when a kid gets it, when, you, when you're actually saying something in class and you just see their eyes just 
light up and if they understand what you're saying. When we study the Ten Commandments, um, I would always have my kids make up their own Ten Commandments. Hmm. They had to make up their own Ten Commandments. That's great. And I and I would ask them, why did you do this one? Or why did you do that one? And they always had a good reason. And it was like, well, now do you understand why our Lord did this and God created these? And they understand it a little more. The highlights also are seeing the kids that I've had in fourth grade who see me on the street or in church and they're like, Mrs. D, do you remember when we did? And I'm like, I'm glad they remember because I'm getting up there. So I kind of forget a little bit, but that's the highest of the highlights for me Thank is you. when they're grown up and they still remember what they did in fourth grade. Thank you so much. Just Ad, as, before ahead. we go to Adam, just uh, out of curiosity, what are some of the commandments that uh, some of the students have come up with? Oh, any, like any I could only out? do dishes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, thou shall not have me take out the garbage. And, and it's like silly little things that a fourth grader would come up with, you know. Right. And it's just, but they understood that they had, you know, why do you want people to follow these? Mm -hmm. Give me a reason that you could only do it on Tuesday or Thursdays and Fridays or Tuesdays and Thursdays. Why? So now you understand why God said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to follow. And it just, it just clicked in them a little bit more that they, they got it. I would also, if I had enough kids in my class, even though they were fourth graders, I would have them do the Stations of the Cross acted out mm -hmm. in my classroom. And when it got to the part of Jesus being scourged, they didn't get it until they were acting it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't getting hit or anything, but I would make the sound on the desk, you know, and they would look at me like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Or when the nails were being put in and I'd hit the desk, for you know making it sound like that they would look at me and like what are you doing and it's like this is what it sounded like this is probably you know and they were like oh my goodness i get it now yeah i'm the type of person that likes to have them immersed in the class as best they can and not me up in front of the class just reading or having them read my classes are interactive i would have somebody one of the kids be the be the teacher hmm. you tell me what we're going to learn in this lesson sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but i tried to make my classes as much interactive as possible yeah last year i was asked to talk to the eighth grade class uh about the triduum and i tried to bring some things like i brought a spike in to show them this is the type of spike that was driven into our Lord's hands on the cross. And I brought a candle and we, we um, processed a candle in like uh, reenacting the Easter vigil, you know, at the beginning when the Easter candles brought in. And like you said, Annette, it really makes the things about our church concrete for the students. And it's, it's also, they're at school Monday through Friday, with a teacher up in front of them saying, okay, we are going to do A, B, C. 
and we're going to do X, Y, Z. And she's up there and she's maybe she's monotone. Maybe she's a little excited. I'm the type of person I add a voice to this, a voice to that, so that they're not just sitting there being bored. Mm -hmm. Because if you're bored, you're not going to learn to think. So I liven it up. It's great. And Adam, how about you? Highlights for you. The biggest one and the best highlight for me is seeing second graders receive reconciliation, eventually then receiving their first Holy Communion. I, I, I get the privilege, basically, of being a deacon. I get, basically, to be part of the Mass, and I see these kids, basically, receiving. It basically will bring a tear of joy to your eyes. And again, as well, basically, with the eighth graders receiving sacrament of confirmation. Uh, I, I remember each and every year, so I go down to the hall prior to the Mass, they actually see our students pretty much basically lining up and getting ready for the Mass. And once they're all pretty much all dressed in their robes, again, pretty much, it's, it's, it's like wants to bring a nice tear of joy to my eyes, seeing these students prepared, ready to receive the sacrament. Our faith is is based upon the sacraments. We we need pretty much basically see these things happening. And and again, the mass, the the church basically is crowded with people. It's crowded, and 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 it's, it's well packed in basically all the people wanting to see their students basically receive the sacraments. Mm -hmm. That's the best highlight. That is the best highlight to see that. And again, I said to me, you know, being a deacon, you're part of that mass. You're right up there in front, basically, and you're helping out wherever you can, Sippy, and you see these students receiving the sacrament. It is very, very, very joyful. What would you say to a person who is debating whether or not they want to be a catechist? How, you know, why should someone sign up to be, to, to be a catechist for these students? Well, just try it. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. Everybody has lives they want to live. They want to go out. They want to sit home and watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, whatever. But um, try it. The, the minute you connect with kids and the minute you can change a kid's life because of something you did in the classroom, there's no greater feeling than that. We have a total, basically, again, the number of years that we had this uh, occur for our students, once they receive confirmation, they're eligible to become, go through our um, extraordinary ministers of communion uh, training so that they can also be part of the mass more, more than just basically reading, basically the readings basically for the mass. Mm -hmm. They actually can then be extraordinary ministers of communion, which again, and not everybody is for that, but at the same time, you see pretty much basically that young adult now reaching pretty much into adulthood and is now part of our program. Sure, it's a way of deepening their faith and their commitment, I would think, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We offer that training to them immediately after they receive their confirmation. How many over time have you said? Would you say have gone on to become, uh, you know, community ministers or electors? 
Well, I can tell you, and I know there's going to be more, but I can tell you there's eight of them. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's there's a couple of them in college, basically away, but there basically has been a total of eight students that I can remember. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. As you were speaking uh, and sharing your love and service as you serve in the religious education program, the one thing that came across, and I and I heard uh, them refer to Mama D and Mr. No. D, um, this sense of relationship, that all of this is built on the relationship that you have with the children and the families. And I think that is certainly, from my perspective, one of the things that I've seen that's been the testament to your success. It's been the relationship based on the love that they feel for them, the love that you both have for the church and your faith, uh, and it can do nothing but continue to grow. So we want to thank you for the time that you've given us today, your sharing. Thank you for your many years of service to our youth and religious education and uh, ask for God's blessings for your continued strength, your continued service, and your continued relationship with our youth in building their relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. It was an honor. God bless. God bless. Thank you for having us. Are you?